Welcome to Kahuna and the Wasp. Thank you for tuning in and thank you to Steel Pixel Studios. Today we're going to discuss the New York Jets, Philadelphia Eagles, and a little fantasy football. I want to welcome my co-host, the Kahuna. Hey, good to be here, buddy. This week we also have a special guest, Mr. Carl Joseph. Hey, great. We're looking forward to hearing his viewpoint on some of the big matchups this week, but we're going to start with the Eagles. They won against the New York Giants 34-10. Kahuna, break it down. Well, you know what? Convincing win. It was good to see the Eagles put it together. But I still have some nagging issues with these guys. They, I mean, look, we all lost uh, Miles Sanders, probably a broken hand or a bone in his hand, maybe back for the playoffs if they make it. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, once again, his inability to find the open receivers and go through his progressions. How many times did we see Dallas Goddard wide open? Nothing. Hanging out in the end zone, waving for the ball. And finally, what about those bad mistakes, the penalties that really cost us some plays later on in the game? I mean, overall, good game. So I'm, I'm okay with it, but we still got things we got to clean up. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles right now 8-7. and seven. They did have a rough, uh, a rough first half. The defense did play well, not giving up too many points. Jalen Hurts went 17 for 29, 199 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then Boston Scott came in after the Miles Sanders injury, 12 attempts, 41 yards, and a touchdown. And then we can't forget the Devontae Smith catch. He had five receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. But what amazing footwork in the end zone. Tell you what, it's the first time I've ever seen a challenge, reverse, 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 first ever triple reverse call in NFL history. Carl, what do you think of the Eagles? Well, thanks for having me here, and I'm excited to see the Eagles. You know, for me, it's a, it's a story of two seasons. They started off two and five, first seven games. Tough losses, tough schedule. Losses to Tampa, Kansas City, and Dallas. You know, then you think the last eight games, six and two, they built some momentum up, young guys starting to play some football. Great to see, and, and you know, it's the success for the Eagles, number one rushing offense in the NFL. If you would have said that at the beginning of the season, no one would believe you. Nobody would believe you. Actually, Kuhn and the Wasp were all over the run game in the beginning of the year when they were not running the ball. They said, to win games, we need the run. I remember Giggs here yelling for Boston Scott to be back. So we've been calling them to run the ball the whole game. And finally, running the ball, getting Ws. Absolutely. It's great to see. Great to see the team. You know, and the Eagles are building some success. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles here, young team, on the verge of a potential playoff you know, breakout here. Could they get in there? I hope so. Maybe get another Minnesota loss to Green Bay. And, you know, you, you build momentum, what could happen? Yeah, big loss, though. Miles Sanders, he is out, broken hand. He won't be there Sunday. Hopefully this is a two-, three-week injury. If the Eagles do make it to the playoffs, that they can get him back. I mean, he just had the big 18-attempt, 131-yard game. But still, no touchdowns for Miles Sanders this year. I know That's they harped about it That's on unbelievable. TV. I mean, we look at Miles Sanders. He's always been their gas guy, right? He's always been the guy. And uh, he's had his issues, he's had his ankles, but in the beginning of the year, they didn't use the running backs, right? It was all Jalen Hurts, and he wasn't doing a very good job. That's why we said, forget Hurts, let's move on. Well, you know what? We put the ball where it belonged, on the ground, pounding, and Hurts could manage the game a little bit better. And he's become a better quarterback. And quite honestly, forget about looking for another quarterback. Next year, Jalen Hurts has to come back. He's shown maturity. He's shown he can learn. And let's use those picks to get some defense going. What, are you reading off the Wasp playbook over there or what? There you go. <laughs> Up next for the Philadelphia Eagles is the Washington football team. This line opened up at Philly minus four. It's currently minus four, and the over-under is 46 and a half. So the Washington football team right now six and nine. Rough loss to Dallas last week. And if you had the Dallas defense in fantasy, you felt pretty good. Tyler Heineke, the old Dominion quarterback, he's got 20 
touchdowns on the year, 14 interceptions. Antonio Gibson leading the way on the ground, and Terry McLaurin as a wideout. Carl, what do you think of the Washington football team and the Eagles this week? Yeah, the Washington football team's had a, a tough couple weeks. They've had a lot of COVID issues the last couple weeks playing there. You watched the game the other night against Dallas, and you know, you, you started feeling bad for them at some point. You know, Dallas got it together, played a great game, and Washington really got beat up. You know, Tyneke, he, he tried, but he should have been out of that game a lot earlier than he was because he wasn't doing anything and just getting beat up. So I think the Eagles have a great opportunity here. You know, they, they always start slow. That's the problem with the Eagles. So, you know, as a former goalie, kick saving and beauty was a good thing. Dallas Goddard, kick saving and beauty, that's a pick, right? So, you know, they got to start better because when you start to get into this potential playoff run, you can't start slow against these high, you know, high energy teams, high offense teams. It's just not going to happen. So, Eagles come out quick. I do see them winning this game, and I think they've got a great opportunity here. Kahuna, what do you think about the Eagles this week? Well, you know, just uh, going back, uh, genuflecting a little bit on that whole Washington uh, game, that was, uh, whew. I mean, if you loved Dallas, you were a happy camper, right? But if you loved Washington, you crying. You and, and it got so bad, they're beating each other up on the sidelines. That was an embarrassment. Um, you know what? They got some good players, but, yeah, COVID issues last week. You know, Heineke, eh, you know, he's kind of a meh player this year, right? Gibson, fantastic running back, but he's playing hurt. And kudos to him because he's out there playing every single time, but he's got no backup. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I'd love to have him on every team, but guess what? Without the support, without the passes getting to him, he kind of looks a little neutered. So, uh, you know what? Washington, I think they're going to play angry this week. I think they're going to come out with an attitude. They're going to say we're better than our record. And if they don't, if there's somebody they want to beat is a division rival. So the Eagles got to be careful. They're going to be coming after uh, the lion cornered in the den. And do the, should the Eagles win? Will the Eagles? I believe so. But they better get Goddard involved like he was last time they played uh, Washington. I think the Chase Young injuries really hurt Washington right now on the defensive end. I think he really is a difference maker. They had that four-game win streak. Everyone said, oh, maybe Chase Young, not a big deal. But as you get further and further along, your defensive end starts to be really important to a team. So him being gone, I think, has been really, you know, the Achilles heel for uh, for Washington. But I see the Eagles winning this game 28-14, 28-21. This is a big game for the Eagles. They're, they can knock Washington out of the playoffs and then, you know, almost solidify a playoff spot. But we'll see what happens. But I like the Eagles. I'm liking a 27-20. What about you, Carl? I'm going 27-10. to 10. I think it's going to be a big blowout by the Eagles. Oh, good right. D. Good D. Let's see the D show up. All right. So let's talk a little fantasy football. Fantasy football. So we'll start out with the wide receivers. This is championship week. I'm going to have to toot my own horn. I'm in the championship week this week. I'm excited. I'm ready for my first championship. Uh, we'll start with Jamar Chase out of Cincinnati. He had 10 targets, 7 receptions, 125 yards, 19 fantasy points. Playing the Chiefs this week. He's the number 25 overall fantasy player. I, I got to mention T. Higgins as well. He had 41 fantasy points. And Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, only wide receiver duo in the NFL with 1,000-plus yards. Jamar Chase had 112 targets so far, uh, about 1,200 yards, 10 receiving touchdowns, and this is the LSU rookie campaign. So go Jamar Chase. Carl, what do you think? Yeah, Jamar Chase has been a great uh, a great player this year. So, no, hands down, a phenomenal player. You know, T. Higgins brought a lot last week. He put up uh, 41 or so fantasy points, had a great week. I think that's going to open up Jamar Chase a little bit more because he started off you know, as, as an absolute, as Kahuna would say, a monster. He's a right? monster. He's a monster. So he had a great start to the season. T. Higgins picked it up a little bit. Joe Burrow is really coming into his own. I mean, he had a great, phenomenal game against Baltimore. So Tyler I, Boyd had a touchdown as well this week. Yeah, Tyler Boyd last two weeks had big plays. So I think that Jamar Chase has another another game, good game here coming up, and I think he's going to continue to be a successful player. 
Hey, no offense. If I was receiving, I'd be coming up with a touchdown playing against that Baltimore secondary. <laughs> they haven't even shown up lately. But, you know, Chase is good. I think he's going to have a good game this week. Uh, they're going to need him they're going against the Chiefs. It's going to be back and forth, probably the highest scoring game of the week. I'm really excited about it. I bet you he gets at least 85 yards a touchdown. I agree. Uh, next up, we got Amon Ra, St. Brown out of Detroit. Big week, 11 targets, 9 receptions, 91 yards and a touchdown, 26 fantasy points, playing at Seattle this week, 15 projected. Now, he's the number 82 player overall. The last four games, he's got a minimum of 11 targets, and uh, he was my waiver pickup two weeks ago. Didn't matter if he had golf or Boyle at quarterback, he was producing. Yeah, I can see that happening with uh, with Boyle, right? That was my down downfall. Losing, going to the consolation game next week, but... Uh, you know, uh, he's been uh, he's been a godsend for Detroit, and Detroit's been playing really well. They're just a team full of pride, much uh, like Houston is playing right now, beating the Chargers. And Figure imagine if Detroit had Swift back there, you know, some of the defense may be able to work on Swift a little bit, give him a little bit more openings down the field. I tell you what, Detroit, I think, is a good emerging team. Well-coached team. Well-coached team. They got some talent. They got some young guys. And next year, they're going to start making a play for that NFC. Well, Detroit has been saying that for 20 years now, so we'll wait and see on that. <laughs> well, you got the he got me there. Carl, what do you think? Yeah, you know, St. Brown had another wonderful game. I didn't see it coming uh, with Goff, you know, having the COVID issues, but uh, I picked up Russell Gage instead, and that turned out to be an absolute disaster. So, you know, I think he's he's another great player. I think he's going to have another good week. Uh, you know, Swift, he brings a lot to that offense, but without him, you know, St. Brown's really stepped up, and he's making a name for himself. All right, next we got Odell Beckham Jr. out of that Los Angeles Rams. He had eight targets, four receptions, 37 yards, and a touchdown, 13 fantasy points. He's only the 173rd overall fantasy player. He's missed a couple games. Seems to be the number two now behind Cooper Cup in L.A. Uh, you know, can he be trusted? Right now, Mike Williams, I'm not sure if he's playing with the COVID issues. Hopefully he comes back. Do you put Odell Beckham in a starting lineup in championship week? Do you trust him? Well, this is what got me. I had Odell. I got rid of him because he was only seeing maybe four or five, you know, looks in the game. He wasn't putting ready anything together. Stafford struggling just a little bit. I said, you know what? I want the money, man. I picked up Gage. I got killed on that move. You picked him up. You won. So good on you. Uh, you know what? Odell is the number two guy over there. And uh, the problem is uh, Jefferson, I think he. you figured he was the number two guy, but he's not getting the looks because Stafford doesn't have the time to throw them long. I look at Van Jefferson almost like a Deshaun Jackson used to be. He's a long threat, catches the ball when he gets it, but he still needs the opportunities to make that 56-yard touchdown. Yeah, and right now, uh, Stafford, for whatever reason, the line's not protecting him enough. He's getting pressured when he gets pressured. Look, last week, three picks in Minnesota. So I actually like OBJ right now because he's a safety blanket. Of course, it's cup, 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 but every now and then it's Odell. I like it, Carl. Yeah, I think you got to look at your matchups. I think there's better plays out there. But, you know, Odell Beckham's transformed from a home run hitting, you know, huge playmaker to now more of a, you know, a higher floor type receiver. He's going to get a couple looks. He gets a lot of looks in the end zone. Why? Cooper Cup's triple covered, right? And he's still catching the football. So, yeah, I think Odell Beckham is, is going to be a safe play to get a couple of good looks in the red zone. They're going to move the ball. Offense is moving the ball this week especially. So, And, and yeah. they're playing at Baltimore. Baltimore's been a little banged up in corner. I know we'll see how the weather is and the wind, but you'd think Stafford could have a good day against Baltimore. Look what Joe Burrow just did this past hey, week. He should have a great day. No Great doubt. day. All right, let's talk about running backs. We got David Montgomery out of Chicago. He had 21 attempts, 45 yards and a touchdown, but seven targets, seven receptions, 61 yards out of the backfield, 23 fantasy points, playing the New York Giants this week, 15 projected. He is the number 83 player overall. Heavy usage, um, but the defense right now for the Giants, they haven't given up a 100-yard rusher. The Giants play a really slow game right now. 
I think Montgomery could have a decent game. I think he finds the end zone. Kahuna, what do you think? Montgomery uh, has been a godsend in Chicago, right? He's made that team not go over, basically. And, uh, you know, they got Herbert right behind him. I would use Herbert more, quite honestly. I I wouldn't be destroying Montgomery and burning him out in a losing season. But that's a coaching question, right? That's a naggy issue. Uh, As a matter of fact, that that whole quandary is nagging me. But... You know what? I like him. He's going to have a good game against the Giants, and uh, I, I almost, uh, I like Chicago to win that game. I agree, Carl. You know, I got to say that the Chicago Bears, you know, they relied on good old St. Nick on the Christmas holiday, a Super Bowl MVP for my Philadelphia Eagles, got the W for him. But I would say David Montgomery is a big part of that. And David Montgomery, I, I would agree with the Kahuni. I don't think you want to go out and get him injured before the end of the season. They're not playing for anything at this point. Get the younger guys in, get him some experience. But he's still a workhorse. He's a great player, and he's going to do well for you. Well, easier said than done when you have, you know, a good running back back there and you got a young quarterback. I know it was Nick Foles last week, but most of the week, it's most of the time, it's Justin Fields. You want to have somebody there that you can trust, that you can protect them, and you know you're going to give them the ball and get a couple of yards to help your quarterback out. So it's a, it's a dual-blade issue there. Moving on, we got Saquon Barkley out of the New York Giants. He had 15 rushes, 32 yards, one target, uh, minus yards, but four fantasy points. Not as big, not a big week. He's the 132nd overall fantasy player. Giants offense is weak right now. They don't have a quarterback. Uh, what they really need to do is start throwing Saquon the ball out of the backfield. Give him some plays and open space because running him into the pile, Thomas Jones style, just isn't working. No, and, you know, I, I really feel sorry for Saquon. I mean, look, he's gone through injuries, uh, uh, but now he's battling a team that's injured. He's battling a quarterback that's out. He's battling basically COVID. He's battling everything. And we love Saquon because he's a Lehigh Valley guy, so we're always rooting for him no matter what. Look, he has always been, to me, a pleasure to watch, right? Exciting, explosive runner. He's not that guy now. I, I don't know if he ever will be. It could be coming off those two injuries, he'll never be the same. But right now, he's not the same guy. I feel bad for him. I think it's the quarterback. I think teams are going to say, hey, let's stack the box. They can't throw the ball. They had Jake Fromm from Georgia doing absolutely nothing against the Eagles. The Eagles kind of got lucky they played from because if any real quarterback would have played, they may have lost that game with the start. But we'll see what happens. I think Saquon can break at least one off this week against Chicago and find the end zone finally. I hope he gets healthy and we see a different uh, Saquon next year. He's exciting to watch when he plays. Great, Carl. Yeah, on the fantasy side, I'd fade Saquon this week. You know, Chicago's got a, a decent defense that they're playing, and he just hasn't been putting up the points. You know, you'd think going as a top 10 running back, he's going to be having a great year. But with all the injuries, Danny Dimes going down, I, I just say he's not a safe play to play this week. Well, I'm in the championship this week, and Saquon's in my starting lineup for uh-huh. sure. See how it goes. Uh-huh. Two touchdowns, baby. Uh-huh. All right, talk about touchdowns. Let's go to Damian Harris out of New England. 18 rushes, 103 yards, three touchdowns, 28 fantasy points, playing Jacksonville Jaguars this week. He's the number 73 player overall. He's scored in eight out of his last nine games. Tough runner. I like him in New England. Kahuna, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. give me three of those on my team. I'd, I'd have been in the finals, but... Yeah, no, you can't say anything bad about Damian. First of all, he fits their game, right? Their game right now is we're going to let Mac Jones mature. We're not going to put any pressure on him. We're going to move the ball on the ground, and we're going to play tough defense. And guess what? That's a good winning combination come playoffs. Especially when you can win throwing the ball three times regardless of the weather. Exactly. exactly. So this is what's going to happen. You're going to see a lot of Harris unless he pops up with COVID this week, and then maybe you'll see Stevenson again. But there's no many. He's coming. He's coming at you. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are kind of a beaten team. I don't see there being any resistance here. There should be a blowout game one way or the other. And that's all there is to it. 
Carl? Yeah, I agree. Damian Harris, or Harris is, a, is a great player. He's putting up a lot of points. You, know, you see just glimpses of the old uh, New England-style offense with Harris. You run the football, punch you in the face, play good defense, minimize turnovers. That's that's their game, and that's what Belichick does, and that's how he wins games. Just like clock killing Corey Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll talk about the New York Jets. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 26-21. Kahuna, you want to break it down? Well, we pretty much call that game, uh, and uh, I was happy to see the Jets win. I know you're never happy to see him win when his pick's on the line. But um, I tell you what killed me, and that's why I'm in a consolation game, is James Robinson, my hero of the week, I said. He went down with Achilles uh, early on. So those uh, I lost by 7.5 points, a lot of mismanagement, a lot of bad, but blah, blah, blah. I feel bad for Robinson because... You know what? He was dealing with Urban Meyer all year, and now this is an insult to injury. I like to see him come back. I think he's a great player. But, you know, the Jets, they didn't do too much, and they still won. Oh, the fans were excited. I know the fans were really pumped up during the game. Knew a lot of people that were there. They're now 4-11. and uh, Of course, we said it last week, when they're playing teams and it comes down to draft order in, in the second, third, fourth pick, they always win the game. I talk about Darnold and Adam Gaze for the last couple of years. We'll go 2-12 and and then win out the rest of the season just so we can screw our draft pick order. But anyway, Zach Wilson, he was 14 for 22, 102 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. I like that. He also had four attempts, 91 yards and a touchdown rushing. That was a great run. It was a little sporadic, a little bit lucky, but he held the ball and he got to the end zone. And I like that. It showed heart. And I think that will help us going into next year, that play. I really think he likes, he's a good guy, right? Zach, I don't know if he's a good quarterback and we'll find out moving forward. But, you know, it was a lot of heart in that game. And they, they really played tough as a team. Michael Carter looked really good. I'm glad to see him back healthy. Uh, I don't think he's doing anything this week against Tampa Bay. Uh, Braxton Berrios, man, that guy's a flash in the pan. He just lighted up, right? The big return, making some plays and running the ball. It was just really nice to see him. But guess what? He's He had to do it. No yeah. Elijah Moore, no wide receivers. He's it. Yeah, Elijah Moore might be back this week. They might be taking him off IR. It's a big boost for the Jets. Michael Carter, 16 attempts, 118 yards, finally broke that century mark. Didn't get in the end zone, but I thought it was a great second game back. They used him the way he should. And what I'm hearing out of Jets camp is he's a talent. This is a rookie out of North Carolina. I hope he can continue and really be the number one back moving forward for the team. Braxton Berrios, like you said, he had five receptions, 37 yards, but he had the monster kickoff return. Next for the New York Jets, though, Tom Brady, 11-4, and four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right now the line is minus 13.5, over under 45.5. Looks like it's going to be a rough day for the Jets, but what do you think, Una? Well, you know, Tom Brady, a very pedestrian game he put up against Carolina. You know, he didn't have to do much, and he didn't do much. Um, but this is getting him into playoff mode. Let's run the ball. I mean, he misses Fournette terribly. He misses his big wide receivers. But right now, more than anything... He, that team's got to run the ball. And uh, Rojo put it together. I mean, uh, you know, hey, Vaughn came in. He had the early uh, scamper touchdown. But Rojo, I think, is going to be a guy. He's going to be a big factor this week against that New York Jet run defense. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, when Fournette goes down, it's nice to have a Ronald Jones who's been fresh to be able to step up, find the end zone, rush for a couple hard yards. And then you got Antonio Brown. I mean, what a Christmas gift to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's a guy who's just been resting on the side. The team's basically said, we don't need you. And then now Godwin goes down. We need you back. And he has a monster game. So I think Antonio Brown, A, got something on his shoulder he wants to win another Super Bowl and Tom Brady of course he knows these playoff runs there's only a couple left or maybe this is the last one what do you think Carl 
Yeah, I have Ronald Jones, so I'm hoping he does. He has a big game and he runs all over that team and brings me to a championship. But uh, I'd agree. You know, the only problem I see with Ronald Jones, he's got stone hands. He can't catch the football. So that's his biggest flaw. Vaughn had a lot of touches because of that. He had a big 50 or so yard touchdown run. Big play. But I think that, uh, you know, it's not that it's a get-right game for the Buccaneers, but I think they're going to use the run game. I think they're going to go up, uh, stay up. Their defense is going to hold, and, and they're going to take that one easily. That's what I'm really nervous about, having Brady on one of my teams that yeah, I don't know if I could pick anybody else now. He got me to the playoffs. I'm in the, the championship, but I'm staring at Brady playing the Jets, and I don't know. Brady might have to run one in. It's so easy. Well, when it comes to looking in the future, they know Fournette will be back for playoffs, right? So I don't think they're like, oh, we need to work Ronald Jones as hard as we have to. But when it comes to Antonio Brown and Gronk being back and Godwin being gone, I think now they're going to be throwing the ball more than ever to, to keep that momentum with the new wide receiver combinations. Yeah, and it's also going to be interesting, too, with uh, the coach on the sideline, potentially with COVID, to see how that plays plays a role here. But, you know, coach of the Buccaneers, he's aggressive, so he's going to stay, put his foot in the pedal. So I could see what you're saying there with a lot of passing going on, but uh, see how it plays out. All right, but, hey, we're always going for the Jets. I'm hoping Michael Carter has a big game. Zach Wilson stays healthy, throws two touchdowns. Guna. So what you pick? I, I mean, I got to go Tampa money line. That's what I <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a Tampa uh, destruction line. I, I think it's like 31 to 17. As a, as a as a 30 plus year Jet fan, you know, what I know best is Tom Brady owns the AFC East. Okay. So anytime Brady would come to MetLife or wherever else, he, he usually wins. And, you know, once you learn that as a Jet fan, not to bet against Tom, Tom Brady, you usually do pretty good. So let's uh, go to our final thoughts. Lock of the week. All right, we'll start with our first game. We got the Minnesota Vikings, 7-8 and eight, versus the Green Bay Packers, 12-3. and three. This line opened up, Green Bay minus 6.5. It stayed the same. We could talk about Aaron Rodgers and maybe the new toe injury. Devontae Adams just playing lights out week after week. Or Cousins, Kirk Cousins having a great season. Jefferson, Carl, as an Eagles fan, it must be tough talking about Jefferson knowing that he should have been an Eagle. Kahuna, what do you think of this game? Well, you know, yeah, Kirk Cousins, I guess, <clears throat> from the outside has had a good year. But the last couple of games, he's not really making it happen, right? He's missing some open throws. Um, <clears throat> he's been without Thielen, who's been a monster this year for him, and Dalvin Cook being gone. So you got your, you know, third, fourth wide receiver, secondary running back. Maybe those are, you know, bigger things in the Viking locker room than we think. You know, I get it. <clears throat> you know, biggest thing I see with Minnesota is their defense really hasn't getting it, gotten it done right this year. I mean, last week, yeah. They uh, had three picks against Stafford. They put some pressure on him. Uh, okay, I get all that. But overall, they give up points. The secondary gives up points. You can kind of run on Minnesota. So if they want to have a chance at any game, they got to tighten up, right, on defense. I'm not sure that's going to happen against Green Bay. I mean, Madison played very well, but when they fell behind, he got game flowed and it became a Jefferson show. But why did they wait until the third, fourth quarter to get Jefferson involved? He should have been involved at the very beginning. I didn't understand that. They did have Thielen. He played. He went left early. Osborne came and got a touchdown. So, really, what's going to happen? Is Thielen playing this week? I don't think so, right? I think he's going to be out. So, we're talking about Jefferson. Get him involved early. I mean, has Green Bay got a good secondary? Yeah, absolutely. But can they be beat? Yeah. But you know what else you could do? You can kind of run on Green Bay. So, I'm praying, for Minnesota's sake, that Dalvin Cook's coming back. And between him and Madison, they run, run, run until Jefferson scores the touchdowns. See, I'm going to take that thought process and reverse it on you. Right now, Green Bay needs the number one seed. That buys means more to them, I think, than a lot of other teams. They got A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones running the ball. 
right now, Green Bay, I feel like they want to score two, three touchdowns early and then run the ball the rest of the game, and they don't care if it gets close at the end. Look at the Browns game, 24-22. I called Green Bay money line there. I like Green Bay money line here. I think the Vikings need to win this game for playoff contention, so it's not going to be uh, a soft game. And the same thing goes for Green Bay for the bye. Yeah, I think first and foremost, expect a high-scoring game. Both teams' offenses right now averaging 25.5 points per game, so I think we're going to see a lot of scoring. To me, it's a story of four players. you got Kirk Cousins versus Aaron Rodgers. Who wins that battle? I think Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's playing you know, one of the great seasons. I think the key difference there is turnovers. Aaron Rodgers is not turning the ball over nope. right now, nope. and that's going to help that team win. The other two you look at is Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson. You know, on the on the season, Devonte Adams is 106 receptions for 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. You got Justin Jefferson, 97 catches, 1,450 yards and nine touchdowns. Pretty close. But what I see is the momentum from Devonte Adams is building towards the end of the season. He's he's uncoverable in the red zone, and he's going to be a, a key difference maker. But to me, the final point I have is Green Bay this year seven and zero at home. So Green Bay is not going to lose this game. Green Bay is going to win. Going to help the Philadelphia Eagles get that playoff spot, and I'd definitely go Green Bay on this one. I like that. Well, I also like, too, that uh, you're talking about their stats and blah, 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 Jefferson and Adams. But what we're not talking about is the chemistry. There's a chemistry that's been developed over the years between Rodgers and Adams. That also makes him uncoverable because Rodgers knows where he's going to be before he gets there, right? It's kind of like the Michael Jordan. He could throw... Or, or Wayne Gretzky. He already knew where the pass was going before the guy started skating. So that's that's the difference maker. That's why Green, uh, Green Bay is 12-3. And, three. and yeah, I don't think uh, Minnesota has a chance, but I think they're going to put up a good fight. I'm looking at like 30-24 Green Bay. It's going to be a great game. I agree. Next game, we got the Houston Texans right now 4-11 versus the San Francisco 49ers 8-7. and seven. This line opened up. San Fran minus 12. It's been bet to San Fran minus 12 and a half. Uh, we could talk about the big win for Houston against the Chargers. Not a lot of people saw coming and then we could talk about Kittle he only had four fantasy points last week I think this week Kittle bounces back has two touchdowns and then we could talk about Debo who's just the the Swiss Army blade he's running the ball he's catching the ball hopefully he's uh he, he's healthy after the late hit he took uh, going into the end zone or almost into the end zone well <clears throat> yeah I mean Houston they just embarrassed the charges last week I don't even know what happened it was like the week before right no Williams With... no Eckler I know no uh yeah I get all that but you know Houston didn't have Cook Right, you sitting to have their David Johnson. Burkhead came out. He was he was a rock star, just like David Johnson. Right, the week before with Miami, just like uh, Detroit being Arizona, and that just shows you any week anybody can win. Do you but, take Burkhead this week? Uh, no, absolutely not. Not against San Fran. Not to run against him, um, but he came out of nowhere. I was impressed with him. Now San Fran, you know, I watched that Titans game. And, of course, I was embarrassed because I didn't use A.J. Brown. I thought, hey, he's coming back, first game back, forget about it. Yeah, I should not have forgotten about it. I'd have been in three finals this week. But, you know, San Fran, is Mitchell playing? Nobody's really giving you an idea yet. And if he's playing, you got to use him, although he's coming off a bad injury. That's going to be tough to figure. If, Russ and, uh, if, if Wilson plays... Do you count on him? Because they're kind of working around him with Debo and, and McCasey and everybody else. So this is going to be a tough one. And oh, oh, by the way, Garoppolo, anybody talking about that problem? Is he going to be playing? So really, this game is going to come down to stuff we don't even know today, right? It's going to end up being a Friday, Saturday call as to what's going on. But personally, um, I got to like San Fran to win this thing in, in a tough battle, 34, uh, 31-24, something like that, I think. I think it's going to go back and forth. I like that, 100%, 31-24. I think that's a good call. Yeah, I think the scoring is going to be a bit lower in this game. You know, Trey Lance 
His last start came back with uh, against Arizona. He had 16 rushing attempts that game, and, and really that was before uh, the Niners really built that rushing attack. Now they've got Mitchell potentially coming back. Wilson Jr. looks good. Debo Samuel, like you said, running plays out of the backfield. I'm a little bit worried about Debo Samuel coming up this game because I think Trey Lance could bring a whole new element to that offense. I think you see a little bit more George Kittle than you did last week because you know Debo is finally getting his, his uh, receiving legs back and playing in that uh, aspect, which would maybe be why he was so gassed. At yeah, I don't know that what game. that was last week. Uh, but I think if, if the Niners are smart, they take – uh, they run the the football this game. You run uh, whoever's you're running back. You play a lot of runs. You don't make you don't force Trey Lance to come in after not playing many games and make a lot of throws. Safety valve to Kittle. Absolutely, and I, and I think you know Debo. I think you see him actually go back more to the running back game because you could run against Houston, but you know, the Houston secondary held Keenan Allen to what four catches for 35 yards. So and look at Justin Jackson, right? He ended up with two touchdowns, nine receptions out of the backfield, plus like 70 rushing yards. So that's the way to beat Houston right now, and and keep Keep them off the uh, side, you know, keep them off the field. Eat the clock. San Fran does that better than anybody. And you might see a little bit of use check in this game. Use he, he's always popping out for a touchdown. Absolutely. So everyone feels San Fran can win this game, but maybe a little bit closer than people think. Next game, we got the Denver Broncos, 7-8 and eight, versus the Los Angeles Chargers, 8-7. and seven. This opened up at Chargers minus 5.5. It's still at minus 5.5. We could talk about the run game in Denver. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater out. Eckler and Williams coming back for the Chargers. I think the Chargers have a huge bounce back week. I like the Chargers here to cover. Yeah, you know, I think as far as Denver goes, the only thing you can count on for Denver this year is a little bit of snow during the holiday season. You, know, you can't trust anybody on Denver's offense at this point. You know, I, Teddy Bridgewater had another tough injury. It's it's the story of his uh, career, unfortunately, and Drew Locke comes in. But you just can't trust anybody. The offense isn't moving the football like they should be. You know, low-scoring offense, although they are playing good defense. This game, the Chargers are going to get right. Pound for pound, my man, Austin Eckler, is going to come back after his uh, his week off with COVID. He's going to be a huge difference maker, and he's going to have a great game. I think the Chargers take this one. I'm looking at a, not a high-scoring game, but I think you know, maybe 24-20, to 20, Chargers take this game. I like that. You know, I can count on a few other things in Denver. You know, I can count on poor coaching. They just don't let their quarterbacks throw the ball. They could have won a few games if they would have let Bridgewater get out there. He's got no offense. He's a great receiving guy. Cortland Sutton. How He's many got people Cortland dra- Sutton. He, drafted he, him in the fifth round of fantasy, and no one's been able to use him. Jerry year. Judy can't cover him. So why are they not using these guys? They better, you know, reevaluate their whole thinking next season because this season's done for uh, for the Broncos. But let's get back to the Chargers. I still can't get over they lost to Houston. It, it just boggles me. Yeah, all right. So they were missing some guys on defense, but Houston it was a decimated team. And that really could have helped the Chargers get into playoff contention with the win there being 9-6 and six rather than 8-7. and seven. I mean, last year, the big score, oh, the poor Chargers always losing by a field goal late. Well, this year, I don't know why they're losing, but they are. They got such a talented team. Herbert, you know, how did he not score three or four touchdowns last year? Is the Houston secondary that good? I don't know. Oh, like you said, in the NFL, sometimes you just don't have it. I know you know Chargers have lost a couple games coming to the East Coast, and I know West to East Coast usually throws teams off. But I like the Chargers this week. I think they beat Denver. Hey, you know what? Chargers are going home. They got to get right. They're going to have Eckler, big guy. Williams should come back because he's going to make up for Parham being out. And uh, Joey Bosa. And if you get some pressure on, that, uh, on a quarterback in Denver, 
It's going to make the difference, but they have to figure out how to stop the run. Well, the Charger D was minus three fantasy points last week. They got to step up. They were the reason why they lost the game. So you think the Charger D would come out strong at home? And they got to figure out the run defense because guess what? That's what the Broncos do. They run, run, run with Williams and Gordon. So I'm hoping the Chargers pull it out 27 20. That's my thought going in. And I'm hoping for them because I like them to do better this year. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely agree. So on a side note, we uh, heard about John Madden passing away, born in 1936. We just want to say rest in peace, a football legend. Yeah, you know, he's a, it's a big loss to the football community, John Madden. You know, every every kid growing up playing sports games, Madden was one of the all-time favorites, right? Everyone so knew that voice. Everybody knew that voice. So it's a big loss to the, the football community, and, and you do, will be missed, absolutely. Rest his personality his personality was bigger than the game, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what you're going to miss. You don't miss his coaching. You don't miss his crap. You don't miss his games. You miss his personality. He was a great guy. Well said. Well, we want to thank our sponsors, Steel Pixel Studios. We want to thank our producer, Ben Orr. Thank our guest, Carl Joseph. Uh, go Jets 4-11. and 11. Go Eagles 8-7. and 7. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Kahuna and the Wasp. And good luck in your fantasy finals.